You're listening to Not Your Normal Hockey Podcast, Episode 6. Today, I've got an interview for you with the head coach of the Swedish national junior team, Tomas Montien, and he shares so much about what it means to be a full-time coach for a federation. I think you're going to find it very insightful, so let's get to it. This is Not Your Normal Hockey Podcast with your host, Julie Robenheimer. I've known Tomas Montian for several years now, and he's probably tired of talking to me at this point. But fortunately for us, he sat down with me at the U-20 Four Nations Cup in early November to talk about his journey to becoming the head coach of Sweden's national junior team, what his schedule looks like throughout the year, the challenges of navigating this full-time position, the importance of their many international tournaments throughout the year, not only for player evaluation, but player development as well, the impact of more and more Swedish players going to North America to play in the junior leagues and the AA and what the expectations are for Team Sweden at this year's World Junior Championship in Czech Republic. He really pulls the curtain back, and I think you're going to learn a lot from this interview. So without further ado, here's Thomas Montian, head coach of the Swedish national junior team. So why don't we start with how you became the head coach of the national junior team for Sweden? Uh, you get asked, and if you get asked, you you accept. No, it's a it's it's a big honor. So but for me, it's just uh, it started out just a lot of junior hockey. Uh, I played it until I was 19. I wasn't good enough to to stay on, and then I left hockey for a couple of years. And then I ended up uh, starting working with some junior programs and starting working with some. We have like a sport college system, uh, like when you when you're 16, 17, 18. So. Uh, you can you can go to different schools and then you can like that you can have hockey as a as a subject in school. So so all the big junior programs are, are built like that. So it's a it's a full time job working with with junior players. And then then I was around a little bit. I, I tried to be uh, I worked as an assistant coach in the in the SHL, the top league, and I worked as a head coach in the SS, SHL. And then uh, then I got asked by Ricard. Who had my job before me to uh, to assist him and in, in uh, the World Championships in in Malmo in Sweden in 2014, I think. So uh, so I did that for two years. I was with him with Ricard in in, in Malmo, and then the year after in Toronto. Um, then I took a assistant coach job in in Sweden, so I couldn't go to. Helsinki, where we are now for the World Championships, and then I got uh, when Ricard left and, and became the, the head coach for the men's national team. I got the question to uh, to sign up for the federation, and uh, so I signed for three years. So I had uh, my first year was in Montreal, uh, second year in Buffalo, and then last year in Vancouver. So and then uh, Sweden got the World Championships in 2020 or 2022. 2022. So uh, I got the question last year if I wanted to extend my contract, and then so I said if it's for three more years, then I'm really interested. So they gave me three more years. So now it's uh, it's Czech Republic this year, and then Edmonton, and then final tournament in, in Gothenburg. So what happens after three years? I don't know. You have to find something out. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, as I said, I tried SHL both as a head coach and a, a assistant coach, and I mean, it's definitely a good. It's a good job. It's a good league. It's it's a lot of young players that move up, so that could do definitely be a, be something uh, to go back to. But uh, maybe also try to try to go to Europe somewhere. It's uh, it's a couple of Swedish coaches working in, in Switzerland and Germany, and I think uh, that would be a one. 
thing that I would like to do to bring my family to another country, another culture, and just uh, just try that out for for uh, for a year or two, and then. Uh, who knows? See what happens. <laughs> you got to win a lot to, to keep this job, so we'll see how it goes. I want to talk a little bit just about what it actually means to be the coach. I mean, we see it just as international competitions, but it's a year-round job. There's a lot that goes into it. So what does like an average day or an average week look like for you? <clears throat> Yeah, this is a, like it, it's it's different. I mean, a lot of European countries have the, like the full time national team coaches because uh, we don't play as many games in our leagues as, as the pro leagues in North America. So we have like breaks uh, in the during the season, so we can get our national teams together. So my my job is, I mean, we have five tournaments during a year that's uh, and that's that's the main focus so we have four smaller tournaments uh, and then we have the world championships so and between those tournaments i go around and scout players so we don't have like a we don't have like a director of scouting but every every national team coach are responsible for scouting uh, the players that that are in the system so it's uh, it's pretty intense I mean we, we start off going to North America in the, in, in the end of July we always go for for a junior tournament we were in Plymouth this year we were in in Vancouver last year so we always go with a with a national team in the in the end of July and then we get back and I always go straight away and watch the U18 because the Ivalinka Memorial or Linka Gretzky Memorial is always the week after. So we, it's usually two weeks in, in, the, in the States or North America and then straight to, to, uh, to watch the U18s. So it's like three weeks. Uh, and then I go home for one week and then we pick another team and we play a European tournament. So this year we went to, uh, to Padam in Russia. So, and then from like in the beginning of September until now, it's just uh, it's just scouting. Just go around and watch players, uh, watch players on video, watch them live, talk to to talk to agents, talk to to like t coaches who who coaches these kids, and then uh, then we pick this team for this tournament, and uh, we're in Helsinki right now, and and this is like the last test before the World Juniors. So uh, we go home, when I get home on Monday, we just, uh, we try to set a list of the players that we feel that we need to watch a little bit closer. Because in three weeks, on the 4th of December, we're gonna pick our team for the World Juniors. And then we play the World Juniors and then we start off again. So uh, 7th of January, when we get back, we start off with watching O1s. I, I watch a couple of old ones as well now when I go around because I don't have time to watch them all in January. So in February we pick uh, we pick a U19 team. So it's this year, next year it's only going to be players born 2001. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we pick a team in February and then then I go around and, and scout. I go watch the U18s in April and then I work. I help the men's team in their World Championship, who's, which is played in May every year. So I joined the I joined the staff for the for the men's team in the World Championships, and then uh, then I have uh, June and and two weeks in July off. It's summer, and then uh, then it's 
back at it again. <laughs> That's when I see you quite a bit in, in May, and I call you the Swedish super spy, because you just kind of sit in the corner and you watch all the other teams practice and all the other teams play and report back. That's yeah, what you do. Yeah, 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 I help them with, I'm, I'm in charge of scouting, so I, I watch our, all our opponents and then I, I like give give reports to the to the coaches and then when we play uh, when we play them i'm uh, i'm up in the press box we use the headset to one of the assistant coaches on the bench and our video coach and just try to just try to give them an extra extra set of eyes and ears and uh, it's fun i mean it's we we work pretty close i mean it's it's the you have the the coaches for the men's team and then you have i'm the head coach for the u20s and we have the u18 and u17 and u16 and we we have the women's coach and the women's under 18 as well so we those coaches get together at least three times a year so we sit down and we we talk about how we how we want to play we talk about the like our playbook and things like that we do different leadership stuff so it's it's pretty fun it's pretty because you get pretty alone i mean working with a club team you have you have assistant coaches and you have players and you meet them every day and for 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 me it's i mean i'm the only one in the u20s that are full-time i mean my assistant coaches and my goalie coach and equipment manager and doctor everyone works in other clubs and they just we just bring them in for the for our tournaments so even though i mean my assistant coaches they help out with scouting but they have their own coaching job besides so they can't do like what 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 i do so but then i think it's good that we have the national team coaches that that like we help out each other we try to like we go on scouting trips together and things like that so it's um it's it's special it's a lot different than working with a team like a club team mm -hmm. but uh, i was first year i was really first year wasn't a good year i think thought just no it's just hard i mean you're you're used to going to the rink every day every morning i mean if you work in the if you work in shl they play tuesday thursday saturday so and then you always practice monday wednesday friday then you travel so you have sundays off and that's that's how it works and but you have like so you, it's like a system <clears throat> but then here i mean it's it's up to me i mean i decide where to go i decide which players i want to go and watch and if i'm if i'm if i'm using have a lot of players to play in north america i spend a lot of time watching games on video and things like that and i have to decide if i want to go over and watch them live or things like that so some in the first year it was just just felt like I was sitting at home doing nothing. So just like, okay, I, I, I snuck, snuck out for, for my job and no one's keeping track of me, but it's, it's, it's different, but it's now it's, I mean, fourth year, it's, it's really fun as well. Yeah, that yeah. seems to be. One of the things that is a foreign concept to us in North America are these international competitions that you guys have in yeah. the middle of the season, you know, for, Canada and the United States it's like world championships and that's it yeah but you guys play so much and you play at all levels it's you know u16 u18 u20 and the men's league yeah. throughout the year different tournaments and then there's your leagues over here have the international break yeah. in November and then the other ones in February, February. so uh, playing these national competitions it's no wonder that you guys have such great chemistry when you go to the world championships, no matter what the level is, because you've been playing throughout the year. Can you talk a little bit about how that 
maybe came to be or why it's beneficial for you guys or why it's even part of the schedule <laughs> because for us it just doesn't yeah. make sense i don't know how long it's been like that it's i mean i i can't remember when it wasn't like that so it's uh i think it's i think it started off like all the leagues uh, all the european leagues they're like they 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 act under the IHF and the IHF has the world championships and the world juniors and things like that. So I think it's, I think it's from the IHF that they want these kind of breaks uh, for, for, for like, I think for, from the beginning, it's like to, to spread hockey. I mean, to, to watch national teams and to, to give uh, kids playing hockey more, more view of, of hockey. Uh, so I think from the beginning, it was a, it was a national team break in, uh, in September before the league started it's kind of like an all-star break yeah, yeah. in a sense yeah and then it's in november it's in december uh but in december it's like it's it's only one week so the leagues don't have breaks during the world juniors but they have a break the first week that we get together then it's it's a it's a break and i think it's it's as i said as you said it's like the national teams play i mean sweden finland czech and russia we have a I mean, it's the big four. So I mean, in Europe, so and they have like a big, they have like a big commitment. So the men's team uh, and the U twenty, U eighteen, U seventeen, U sixteen, we play like we we're set for like five years ahead. Who's gonna have tournaments and when and where and things like that. So it's, I mean, we play Finland, Czech, and Russia twice, always in 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 the end of August and always in November. And then we like rotate the tournaments. And then we have, uh, then in, in February, it's I think it's Germany and Switzerland comes in. Uh, Russia isn't there in February. But then also you have Finland, Czech, Russia, Slovakia play in April as well. But we're not in April. We had to cut one tournament out because of finance. We didn't have finance for it. So I think it's like, this is the fifth year that we don't have a, a national team in April. That that goes and play, and I think uh, I mean for sure it helps. I mean it's 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 our way to scout players. It's mm -hmm. our way to to ad identify players. So I mean it's as I said. I mean we go with twenty five players to Plymouth. We we did go with twenty two players to Russia in August. We I think we kept three out of those twenty five. So it's it was like eighteen or nineteen new players. Now we go with twenty two, and then we go with twenty two in in February as well. So we. We use it like try to try to set our system uh, from U16, 17, 18, and we try to use the same system through the through the, the the program. And then, of course, I mean, a lot of these players has been playing for 16 and 17 and 18 as well. So they've been in the system and they've been doing this these kind of tournaments before. So I think it's I think it's a, for us it's a big. I mean, if we wouldn't have it, I didn't. I don't think we would stand a chance against like Canada and U.S. Really? in the World Juniors. Yeah, I don't think so. Why is that? Because I mean, it's. I mean, we have we have sixty five thousand players in Sweden. I think Canada has like five hundred fifty thousand. U.S. have over six hundred thousand. So I mean, it's, for us and being able to compete against countries ten times bigger than us, I think it's. We have to do some. We, we don't have the same amount of players, and I think we don't play as many games and things like that. So I think we, we need to we need to develop players differently. We need to 
we, we practice a lot more. We, we try to educate, we try to learn players. Uh, and then we, we have these kind of national team because the national team games are different than our league games. The national team game, these kind of tournaments are more, it's more like international, like world junior games. And mm -hmm. games in our league, it's a little bit more, it's, it's getting faster, but playing on the bigger rink, it's more east-west than north-south. So you, mm -hmm. you have a bigger benefit of like holding on to the puck, maybe slow things down, try to, try to change the pace of the game. So I think for us going to these kind of uh, competitions, I think it helps get like get into the, the style of play that, that is necessary for, for playing the World Juniors. I also think that it's a little bit different because in North America, the players that are going to represent Canada and the United States are playing on teams where they are the best players on the team and they get a lot of minutes and they get a lot of situations. Whereas over here, a lot of the players that are ultimately going to be on Team Sweden are playing at a men's level and they're getting very limited minutes and they're not yeah. getting those prime opportunities. So this is another opportunity for them to play those prime time minutes and kind of get that shot of confidence yeah, to, sure. to know that they can compete. And I mean, that's a, I mean, for us, it's a little bit, it's, a, it's I think it's a little bit of an issue. I think if you go back like 10 years ago, or 12, 12 years ago, I think we had maybe, we would have maybe two or three players on the world junior team that played like pro hockey. All the others played junior, but last 10 years, our juniors had, has gotten better but we also have had a lot of Swedes go, go away and play abroad. I mean, I think we had, I think we had 168 Swedes play in North America last year in, in, the, in the NHL and the, the American Hockey League. So that also, I mean, the juniors got better. So it's, I mean, we have a lot of juniors that play like men's league. And I think that's, it's both good and bad. I think it's good because they get to play against men. It's a tough league. They get a lot of experience. What's bad is that they don't get the, the ice time and, and those kind of situations like power play, first line, offensive, some face-offs, th things like that, that they, they would get if they were back in junior. So it's uh, uh, the best thing is if they can play both because the, mm -hmm. the Swedish system, it's if you have a men's team or a pro team, you also have a U20, U18, U16, 15, 14, you have like mm -hmm. down to, you start play in one club when you're seven. Yeah. And then you can play until you're 37 in the same, in the same club. And I think, and that's, that's different as well. Yeah, that's definitely different. I did a whole <laughs> podcast just to explain the Swedish system. So hopefully everybody's listened to it and, and got up to speed because I had a lot of questions when I, I spent a week before I came here yeah. in the SHL and the Elspenskin and it was very confusing for people, so I tried to educate them on how yeah. it all works. Because the other popular question was, is there a draft in Sweden? I was like, no, that's not how it works. No. So, uh, and then the other thing that I thought was interesting, it could, because basically what you're saying is that because so many um, Swedish players have gone over to North America to play, it's now opening up spots uh, that they would have held in these teams, but now allows for these you know, more elite junior players to have these opportunities. And then somebody else also mentioned that because um, 
the main team here in Helsinki is now part of the KHL that a lot of Finnish players who would have played in the SHL are now playing for that team, which opens up even more spots. Yeah. So it's really just a matter of opportunity, <clears throat> knocking, and then yeah. be, then being able to walk through. Yeah, we, we, as I said, I mean, we had a lot of Swedes in, in North America, but we had a lot, have some of them in Russia as well, and a lot of them in Switzerland and Germany. So, I mean, for sure, I mean, the, the pro players, they move, or move around. So I think, as I said, both jun the juniors are better. There's more spots open. And I think also the Swedish clubs, like, they don't want to pay like if they bring an import or, or bring an older Swedish player he's more expensive mm. than a junior so I think that as well helps them put more money in the, into the the top players and then they have more spots open for for the younger players yeah all right well before we wrap things up I want to talk about this year's team Sweden what can we expect at the world juniors from your team uh, I mean we had a we had a tough <laughs> year last year I mean I mean, we, we weren't we weren't good. We lost against Switzerland in the in the quarterfinal. They 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 did a really good game. We had a we had a big stomach flu went around. We had eight players sick like until the morning of the of the quarterfinals. So uh, we wanna we wanna do better. But still, it's 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 a tough competition. I mean, a lot of teams are good. I think uh, playing in Europe on the bigger rink uh, helps us a little bit. But it also helps Czech and Finland and Russia for sure because they're they're used to it as well. So I think uh, I think for us, I think uh, I mean I think as a team, I think we we're, we're the group we have look a little bit like last year. I think we have I think our, our, our we have some some good goaltending. We have a really good decor, uh, and we have some forwards that we need to find uh, production. Out of we have some some forwards that need to produce. We need to find some some uh, find a top line to lead us, and and we 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 need to we we have to get some forwards to 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 be like an offensive force if we want to be a contender for uh, for the gold medal. One of the things that made me chuckle uh, when I had a chat with you in Plymouth was I said, so who should I pay attention to? Who should I watch out for? And and all you said was look for the kids with cages. Yeah. And that of course is reference to Alexander Holtz and uh, Lucas Raymond who are eligible for this year's draft, which means they're underage and they have to wear a cage. Uh, but but what is it about those two and what they can bring? Because I know one of the issues last year was obviously producing offense yeah. and these two can definitely help you do that. Yeah, I mean, they're really good. I mean, everyone everyone that follows hockey and follow the draft, they know they know about these two. They've been on, on everybody's radar. So they're good. And as I said, they, they're, they're skilled players and, and it's not it's not two young forwards that you take and you put them on a fourth line and just keep them for experience and just get them to work hard. I think they're not going to help us. They're not going to help us at our PK or our defensive zone game. So, but they're, we'll see. I mean, they're, they're three years younger. So it's, it's tough if we, when you go to the world champ junior championships and it's a, it's a U19 tournament. So it's uh, you have to be really, really good. If you if you should if you're gonna be underaged and, and be able to to contribute, but uh, we're gonna have a look at these two this this tournament. They were with us in in Plymouth, and I think they were really good. They showed that they were on our team to compete for spots, and they showed that they could help us create offense and five on five power play, and and we're gonna put them in the same spots here. So we'll see. What's your goalie situation look like? <clears throat> I feel like you have some good options this year. 
yeah, we, we, I think same thing. We we have a lot of junior. All of them played junior last year and, and were really good. And this year they move out, try to play men's men's league to try play to play uh, pro hockey. So we have, uh, I mean, the goalies that we had in the system, we have four goalies that play in in Sweden in in different men's team. So they have to like they have to battle every day to earn their spot. And there, there no, no, no one of them are like the number one goalie. So they're they're always battling every game, every practice. I think that's good. I think that helps them. Um, we have uh, one goalie that that choose to play in North America. He's committed to Michigan, I think, for next year, for uh, for college. So he plays in Dubuque, in the USHL. So we keep track of him as well. He 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 was with us for two tournaments. So he's definitely a. Uh, a contender for sure. And then just for anybody else on the team that we should be paying attention to. I mean, we we know that we know the names, but from your perspective like what who do you think is really going to stand out in this tournament for you or who do you want to really stand out in this tournament <laughs> well, for you? I, I mean, you always want your like you, you always want your top players to to I mean to be good. I think we had we had a really good first line in Plymouth with uh, with uh, so Foggy Moon, who's here. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, our center in that line isn't Winnipeg yet, <laughs> so we don't know if we we're gonna get him. And and the other winger, he, he's injured. He plays in Lulio, so Philip Polander. So he's he's a big question mark for for this year. He broke his foot, so I don't uh, I don't think he's gonna be there for mm -hmm. us. So we we're we're looking for for some new spots. Uh, we have Huglanders, who was pretty close last year and he's a dynamic uh, offensive player so we hope to to get some some chances and some scoring out of him uh Badigiren as well had a had a really good U18 when 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 he played the U18 but last year he had a tough year he was injured almost the whole season so we'll see how, how who how he looks and if he could be a contender we have the two we have the two young guys as well so we'll see it's as i said we we uh, we hope to find a core here mm -hmm. last year i think we had 15 players come out from this tournament and made the the world championship team so uh, but we have some undrafted players as well mm -hmm. uh, some some players that went through the draft and, and didn't get picked so uh, we hope to uh, to scare some scouts, so, so we'll see if they if they miss someone. Yeah, that's the best part. Is there like hmm, maybe we should have taken that guy? Uh, but what about your blue line? We'll wrap it up there. No, I mean we have a lot of. I mean we have a lot of D's that were with us last year. I mean we have Yinning and, and Nils Lundqvist. They they played on our team last year. Uh, I mean and Brube was on our, our team as well. So I think we have some experience. Uh, I think we have some 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 really interesting D's. I think we have like puck moving defensemen that that could l really move the puck and they can skate. Uh, we'll see how how good they can defend because that's an, that's an important <laughs> area of the game as well. So, but uh, I mean we have some some we have some high drafted D's that weren't with us last year. So we'll see if they if they can make the, the team this year. I, one of the things that I love about watching Swedish hockey players in general over the past couple of years is I feel that they've added so much 
grit to their game like it used to be I don't want to say it was soft but there's just a, a lot of well you guys still do a lot of the skating and I call it swarming you just swarm everywhere it's just like everybody's moving all the time <laughs> um, but there was it was so much focused on that that they, they didn't really have the opportunity to play physical and yep. now I feel that they have a much more physical presence especially um, around the net um, and that's not only to um, eliminate offensive opportunities for the other team but to create offensive yeah. opportunities yeah. for your team as well um, and I feel that that is one of the like an extra layer uh, of what Swedish hockey players can offer their yeah, teams yeah I mean we, we had a we had a couple of years earlier that wasn't good we wasn't I think the, the feel that we have that we weren't competing hard enough we mm -hmm. weren't competitive enough to to like challenge the best teams and and we know that we can we know that we can skate and we can move the puck and we can pass and we just felt that we need to adapt uh, certain things in our game and and like just try to watch the other teams and, and the teams who are successful and how they're playing and uh, i know we, we our federation watched the the uh, the u.s program a lot like back like eight ten nine years ago a lot and just try to watch what what they were doing and how they were educating players and things like that so i think we i think we find our found our way but it's always i mean you can never you're you're never going to be done you never mm -hmm. you can never sit back and feel okay we've done everything now we're now we're in a good spot you have to always think <clears throat> and i think that's a challenge as well be like a little bit more like try to watch the future okay what what how is the style of play gonna change? Okay, what's, how is the play gonna look two years from now, three years from now, four years from now? I think, uh, I think uh, the rules are changing. The, like the hitting, it's, it's not, I, th I don't think it's going away, but it's, it feels like the, the, I mean, the focus on the, on the concussion side of the mm -hmm. game, it's going to change the style of play and i think that's that's a thing that you need to to try to build your offense and build your defense out of out of those kind of situations well sounds good best of luck to team sweden this year thank you so much for your time we really appreciate it thank you I really hope you enjoyed that interview because I know I did. They do things so differently in Europe than we do here in North America, and I was particularly intrigued by his comment about not being competitive against USA and Canada if it weren't for the development opportunities provided by their many international events, which, as he mentioned, start at 16 over there. That does it for this episode of Not Your Normal Hockey Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, please give it a rating and review and share it with your friends so more people can tune in and enjoy it as well. If you love the show and all the content I provide across all platforms, please consider becoming a patron. You can visit my website, julierobenheimer.com, for more information about that. And if you have questions or comments or just want to say hi, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay humble and be awesome. Until next time. This is the end of today's episode. If you enjoyed the show and can't wait for the next one, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review the show to help more listeners find it. And go to julierobenheimer.com for more.